Hello and welcome. Hit the record button. Mysteries of truth. Welcome back to the Mysteries of Truth with yours truly, me, Jason Woods. I hope all is well with you guys. Um, I just want to say a massive thank you again to everyone who's listened so far. The support has been excellent and, you know, I've had some really interesting feedback and the response really has been amazing. So that's from people that I know very well and to others I've never met who have actually taken the time to listen to the podcast. It really does mean a lot to me, so thank you for that. I hope it's actually managed to open your eyes to a few ideas or theories of situations that you may have heard of before but never really delved into. And this podcast really is the opportunity to do that and help you enjoy a way of understanding something or at least looking or listening at different theories of events that happen in this world on our planet the strange things that do happen without you having to delve into the internet for hours on end and and do research so you know it really is a way of kind of opening your eyes a bit and making life a bit easier for you as well this episode we're really going to delve into the biggest atrocity in modern day human history And a situation that just changed the world. And it will certainly never be forgotten. And of course we're going to be talking about 9-11. Now just a few days ago. It was 19 years to the day. That this happened. And from this you know I would still really like to send my condolences to all the families. And people that suffered tremendously for this ordeal. And by way of this discussion and the theories which have been involved with this, and this is from research and obviously other people's beliefs also, is that I do, you know, for no way I want to offend anyone or upset anybody who might be personally involved with this or with any of the um, victims of the tragedy with regards to this. I'm simply just stating facts and theories associated with this event in history. And it's one of those events, and for those that are old enough to remember, you always can remember clearly, I think, at times like with what happened in 9-11, you always remember very, very clearly where you were on that day, what you was up to. Um, you know, it's one of those things like probably back before, way before my time, but JFK assassination or Elvis Presley or... You know, obviously the start of the world wars that kind of thing but it, it's really prominent and I remember to the day exactly what I was doing and I remember putting the news on for instance and watching it and I actually thought I was watching some kind of film for the first 10 minutes no joke I was like well, well I've not seen this before anyway obviously it turned out to be this horrendous situation 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to literally go through basically like the timeline and everything just so that we can get ahead around exactly what happened um, it might not be as clear in your head anymore or it also then lets us kind of go back through times of that event that pull up some red flags for theorists or conspiracies or stuff that's really unanswered in the whole situation of this so I will I'm literally going to start it from the very start obviously it was September the 11th 2001 19 militants associated with the Islamic extremist group Al-Qaeda hijacked four airplanes and carried out suicide attacks against targets in the United States Two of the planes were flown into the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in New York City. There was a third plane that hit the Pentagon just outside Washington, D.C. And the fourth plane crashed into a field in an area called Shanksville in Pennsylvania. Almost 3,000 people were killed over 6,000 people were injured during the 9-11 terrorist attacks and a whole bunch of questions followed the attack so like I say we're going to look at the timeline and then we'll look at the questions and theories that follow there's quite a lot of information in this podcast what I'm going to do is do this over a two-part podcast because I think if I rabble on about this for too, too long, it'll be difficult to concentrate and take in all of the information. Whereas if I split it into two parts, it'll probably be, hopefully be easier to kind of ascertain it. So the first part's really going to be about the information and what's gone on. And then I'll go through a couple of details of um, kind of the list of questions. And then in part two, We'll go through them questions and try and kind of, I don't know, break them down. And from research and documentaries and things that I've looked at, see if there's any answers or truth to what's been questioned. So looking at the timeline, so there were four separate airlines involved and they all took off at different times. 7.59 a.m., saw the American Airlines Flight 11 depart from Boston and it was heading to LA. That flight had five hijackers. At 8.14am saw the United Airlines Flight 175 depart also from Boston and head into LA. Now this also had five hijackers. 8.20 a.m. American Airlines Flight 77 departs from Dulles Airport and is LA bound with five hijackers. 8.42 United Airlines Flight 93 departs from Newark and is bound for San Francisco and that had four hijackers. So flight 11 departed at 7.59. By 8.14, flight 11 was hijacked over Massachusetts and 
was then going northwest to then south on its path between 842 and 846 the departed 175 that left at 814 so in about a half hour gap that was hijacked over New Jersey and its pathway altered to go New York City bound also at 846 when the 175 was hijacked flight 11 crashed into the north face of the north tower of the World Trade Center and this happened between floors 93 to 99 and the aircraft entered the tower intact then at 8.50 to 8.54 approximately flight 77 which was the American Airlines flight took off at 8.20 by 8.50 to 8.54 that was hijacked over southern Ohio and that was turning to the south east flight 175 at 9.02 crashes into the south face of the south tower of the World Trade Center between floors 77 and 85. Parts of the plane including uh, the engine or an engine leaves the building on the east and north sides and it falls to the ground about six blocks away. At 928 Flight 93 is hijacked over Ohio and that turns southwest, that southeast. At 9.37, Flight 77 crashes into the western facade of the Pentagon and starts a violent fire. So Flight 77, that took off at 8.20 and by 9.37 it crashed into the Pentagon. By 9.45, the United States airspace completely shut down. At 9.53, Air Force One is in Florida with the President. And that takes off with no destination to go because they're fearing that the White House could be next. By 9.59 approximately... The South Tower of the World Trade Center collapses just 56 minutes after the impact of Flight 175. Flight 93 was crashed by hijackers as a result of fighting from a cockpit about 80 miles southwest, southeast of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Now it's later reported that indicates that the passengers actually learnt about what was happening and what had happened at the World Trade Center and the Pentagon and were resisting the hijackers. So the 9-11 Commission believed that the 93's target was either the United States Capitol building or the White House. That's what they believed. At 9-28, uh, sorry, at 10-28... The North Tower of the World Trade Center collapses one hour and 42 minutes after the impact of Flight 11. The Marriott Hotel was also located at the base of these towers. Obviously that got destroyed. 
And this whole part of this event then at 10.28 was witnessed on Air Force One as the President's plane is flying over Florida with no place to go. 10.50, five stories of part of the Pentagon collapses due to the fire. And then by 5.20 p.m., seven World Trade Center, a 42-story building, or 47-story building, sorry, collapses. Now, as you can imagine, at this point, there was absolute pandemonium going on all around. I mean, people are just in shock. We just cannot believe what's going on. Now, I've seen footage of um, the panic and the disbelief, and you can see that the emergency services are at breaking point. The White House is locked down. Secret services are everywhere. Military are patrolling the roofs of the uh, White House as well as the media getting, you know, they've been evacuated at this point. You also see footage of people drawing out money from ATMs with clear intentions that they wanted to leave New York City and Washington sort of kind of then and there. You know, we're seeing fighter jets getting taken to the skies over Washington and for every passing of a jet, you know, if you watch the videos, you can kind of hear the sound of the jets as they, they're quite low and they're going past very fast. And if you've ever you know, had that trajectory of, of sound from them jets quite close to you, it's really thunderous. And as you can probably appreciate, you know, a lot of people literally jumping out their skin. I mean, this level of attack was just so unprecedented. Like how, you know, you couldn't even pretend to even imagine, you know, what's going through people's minds at that very minute. So there are many questions that appear to be unanswered about the whole event. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm going to try and cover as much as I can. And there's this whole other theory of how it could have unfolded. Um, but there, from the theory that's been stated, I find that very difficult and many 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 people have found it difficult to kind of comprehend that that could actually happen because you know there's just too many there's too many things that could possibly go wrong there's too many red herrings but we we can touch on a lot of this in in the second part of the podcast so with the world trade center itself the conspiracy questions are, you know, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot to be said about it apparently, and and there's you know there's quite a few conspiracies around the whole situation. One being um, that the or nine eleven conspirators believe that uh, inside trading basically profited from this whole event um another uh, thing so number two really is that the fires never really got hot enough or they shouldn't have got hot enough in the buildings to deform steel because the steel it takes tremendous amounts of heat for it to actually get to a point of deforming I mean we're talking like a couple of thousand degrees and others have said that 9-11 
is basically like the new Pearl Harbor. So if you're not aware, so basically Pearl Harbor, um, I mean, there's been a film about it, Ben Affleck starred in it, um, but, and there's lots of footage about Pearl Harbor. Basically, that was attacked on December 7th, 1941. Apparently, encrypted messages that were decoded, um, these encrypted messages came through, they got decoded, but they were coming in between September and October. Okay, so this attack happened in December. So these messages coming through in September, October from the Japanese to their spies in Hawaii. Um, now, what they said was they wanted kind of grid um, positions and they well, devised their own grid plan, essentially. So they divided the harbour into like five different sections and um, they'd done that so that the most valuable ships could be targeted. This was never forwarded to the league commanders, uh, one being um, Kimal and Schwartz or Schwert or something. Is I don't know if I've pronounced that right. Now, um, President Roosevelt deliberately didn't say anything, and this was to really further his war on Germany. So. Apparently, it's fact that Roosevelt knew about this and decided not to act upon it because if they successfully done anything, it would just kind of create more warmongering and the ability to then go out and, you know, just produce more, you know, terror and war on Germany. Although, obviously, Germany were in a bad state anyway in terms of what they were trying to do to the rest of the planet. Another theory was that the Iraq invasion was basically on Bush's to-do list. It was on his agenda way before it all happened. Um, but, obviously, the, the hijackers themselves weren't actually uh, Afghans. They were Saudis. So they were from Saudi Arabia. So that kind of puts a little bit of a red flag up for some people. The collapse of the towers, because of the way that they fell, uh, that you know many believe that the towers actually was done by way of a controlled demolition, much like you know, like uh, if you see high-story buildings being demolished, they use um, TNT or. Ex, um, controlled explosives and you see then that their footprint when the buildings come down are a smaller footprint as opposed to it being toppled or smashed to pieces and obviously it's much quicker cleaner and um, and, and it all basically just sits in one area then there is obviously a lot of evidence when you think of the size of these buildings you know, there's a huge amount of evidence there. But a lot of the still, or pretty much 99% of the still wreckage, which basically is hard evidence, um, was sent to China to be melted down. So obviously sold to China and got melted down without real, as they say, without real forensics on it. Um, 
so they also and then another theory is that they used a high-tech or there was a high-tech military grade thermite that took down the world trade centers and this was evident in samples of dust that was collected so thermite is very specific and in some of the dust particles that were basically forensically uh, looked at I mean we're talking about obviously smaller than one millimeter molecules of dust actually showed uh, this military gray thermite on um, you know in that dust and it had to be military grade because uh, sort of a standard thermite which thermite is basically um, if you've ever used a sparkler uh, on bonfire night fireworks that uh, that that sparkly um, produce that causes the spark that's that's thermite basically so this had to be military grade so that it could get up to certain temperatures to attack the steels and the metal that were holding up the World Trade Center then um, then there was the, you know, obviously no steel frame in history ever collapsed from fire and three collapsed all in one day and a couple of them done it in within a few, just a, a couple of hours and also they believe that Osama bin Laden wasn't even wanted by the FBI so that's the World Trade Center so you know you can there's a few areas there we will touch on these as well so I, I've you know I've gathered some information about these as to you know how how realistically these can affect what's happened with at the world trade center so you know it's not just the fact that um 19 militants from al-qaeda managed to pull this foolproof plan together to attack the united states with precision and cause absolute devastation so obviously you got the world trade center was part of this and the other the second part of this was the pentagon and this is holding up loads of questions i mean even more so so apparently there's no hard evidence of an actual f footage of an actual plane flying in and directly hitting the pentagon so the fbi basically seized cctv footage and if you see the footage of the point of impact at the time there was literally one video and for a, I don't know, a nanosecond you see an object and then you see a ball of flames from explosion apparently there's no hard evidence that's been made public anyway or physical evidence of the actual plane that hit it although I have watched another documentary but obviously you don't know the source so you know this could be faked or or made up to start putting people off the idea of of this situation to do with the pentagon but they had eyewitness reports saying that you know they saw that the, you know, this plane was coming in it was so very low and it was making lots of noise so they could you know they they basically said that it's in that and then there's another part of this video footage i think when they're trying to make recovery so the um fire department had gone in 
the place was obviously full of water and they got actually took video footage of the inside of the area that took the first part of the impact now in that footage they showed pieces of the you know like the fuselage and the wheels i think there was a couple of colors of the um of the plane itself but other reports have said that the whole entire plane was basically vaporized so there's absolutely no evidence to show for it whatsoever um The other thing is that they found, or they don't believe that they could see any wing structure on the impact to mark on the outside walls. So the the wing the wingspans of the actual plane itself just decimated, like it didn't even couldn't even be seen. And, and people's theory is like that's impossible. You must have seen something of it, although the wall structure is obviously highly reinforced. Uh, the plane's aluminium. So they're also saying that, you know, would this plane have the ability to actually make as much of a devastation of the side of the Pentagon as it could do, being as it's just kind of an aluminium thing? Although you could argue that, you know, there's a high velocity of speed going on. And with that and the impact with the jet fuel on board for the explosion... You know, that could be enough to take down these, I suppose, rather impenetrable walls of the Pentagon. I mean, I'm no scientist or physicist, so I couldn't possibly tell you. And I don't know exactly the grade of the building, how it's made. But, you know, there that's a bit of a grey area, I think. The other thing is that they believe there may be, well, was the plane just flying low as a bit of a diversion... But there was an actual, there was another projectile, basically, which was in fact a missile that imploded into the, or exploded into the side of the building. So it was either a missile or the plane itself was riddled with explosives. So when it did hit the side, it was enough explosive to decimate the side of the building enough to penetrate it, get inside and that's why you see what you see but they think it's a missile because of this wingspan as well so it's more of a, a rounded hole in the side of the building so this would have been a missile as opposed to a plane and that the fact again as I said that the plane was meant to have been vaporized in this so no evidence was available of the actual plane itself now was it hot enough to do so it's debatable and even with this intense heat and vaporizing an actual plane, physical, like a, you know, obviously metal objects, etc., and aluminium, although that happened, but they managed to retrieve the hijacker's DNA from that wreckage. That, if that is true, is very, very difficult to believe because there's just no way. So, and the other thing is as well, the Pentagon, like now you look at the World Trade Centers, they're obviously very high rise buildings and probably I would say uh, an easier or more straightforward target to try and hit with a plane. Now, 
the Pentagon is a lot lower down, probably more difficult to, to try and navigate a plane to hit it. Now, the reason I say that is because the extremists themselves managed to fly a commercial plane with precision at exact targets, right? But according to the evidence, these guys, or these monsters, had only had six months of commercial flight training. Now, as far as I understand, six months, if you're exceptional, six months would barely get you through the theory stage of a commercial training program. And... You know, and that is if you're an exceptional student. And it would take you 18 to 24 months to complete the whole entire program to be good enough to be able to, you know, fly a commercial flight or a plane. I mean, very complicated. I mean, you just got to look at the um, the instrument panels and levers and buttons, etc., to be able to get your head around it. Now, apparently, you know, the hijackers who took control of the the flight had only moved into the US or were sighted in the US a year before the whole event happened and they took six months doing part of this commercial training program then they left the country then they took a couple of flights to kind of get an idea of how to get through customs etc and they managed to take over a flight and target an area. So that leaves a lot of questions. And then there are other things about President Bush and his secret service around him at the time. Um, you know, what was going on at the very time of the event. And also that they say that there are um, the members of the cabinet that were told not to fly on that day, apparently. So 9-11, don't fly. And they're the, like the real important ones of the, of the whole cabinet for the, for the president. Now, obviously, I think the US government has a lot to answer for because of situations that have occurred could have possibly been prevented now this is all in hindsight obviously because no one ever thought that this whole situation was going to happen but there could have been situations to actually prevent this from ever happening at all and it could change the whole history of the world essentially so obviously who wound up to doing this well Osama bin Laden and his Al-Qaeda network they knew that they, they they basically were like jumping up and down saying about how they were responsible for this atrocity and you know 9-11 basically being used as part of a justification for um, the 2003 invasion of Iraq now President Clinton had a chance to get rid of Osama bin Laden as did President Bush, in fact, who basically ignored CIA advice. So, what could Clinton have done? Well, apparently, he 
could have been killed by burying a cache of explosives on a route that the CIA was actually tracking. And um, Osama bin Laden was actually traveling in a caravan um, in, in a part of Afghanistan. However, prior to this, Bill Clinton actually signed a lethal finding bill that only allowed capture of Osama bin Laden and not killing. Now, believe it or not, the, I think it was a day after the uh, World Trade Center had had the attacks, Clinton actually admitted that it was the case. But the reason he didn't allow for this to happen to Osama bin Laden was that it could have potentially killed 300 innocent women and children. And that would have just made him as bad as he was. And this was would have happened in an area called uh, Kan Kandahar in Afghanistan. So you know, in the late nineties, people well, apart from the very highest of intelligence at the CIA and FBI, simply didn't see Al Qaeda as much of a threat. And, you know, the special services basically were like raising alarms. And every time they were trying to raise an alarm about their movements and what they could potentially be up to, they were just kind of tossed to one side and ridiculed for, for doing it. So just think of that for a minute. No Osama bin Laden. That would have meant no Afghanistan war, which would have meant no... Iraq war you know what what would that have been like now if that hadn't have happened and ironically you know in the 1980s the CIA basically armed Osama bin Laden he was funded also by the Saudis to wage war on the Russian occupations of Afghanistan. And at that time, in the 80s, he was pro-American. So he loved America. And he had absolutely no problem with America at all at the time. So, and this is where, you know, it's been documented before, and I'm sure you guys have heard the story, but, you know, essentially, you know, the US made and funded and caused this al-qaeda terrorist group you know isis the islamic state was essentially funded by the u.s government i mean that to think about it is, is just sickening because not only is it led to what extremists have done to other countries but it's also about the retaliation that's happened and you know lots of innocent people have been killed and you know you think of the Muslim communities for instance you know many people are innocent and decent human beings but because of separate you know certain situations that have happened in history and what's happened over the last 20 30 almost 40 years 
you know, it's put us in a real bad situation, just as society, just as human beings against each other. So, you know, that really kind of, it's quite thought provoking in, in that way. You know, does it just none of it just really makes sense at all? So obviously, you know, that's not it wasn't intentional, it wasn't the game plan to start this terrorist group. Absolutely not. I'm not saying that that is the case, but the events that have led to the situation is you know, and that, and that is another reason why you know the CIA and the FBI were so involved with Osama bin Laden's movements over certain periods of time. You know, they knew this guy. It wasn't a case that he just popped up from nowhere and st suddenly started attacking the world. You know, very, very closely linked with the US for many, many, many years. And obviously, certain events and money and religion and beliefs led to certain situations happening to the point where you know, we had, had, you know, despairingly we had to, people have had to go through 9-11. You know, that, that is just going to go down in the history books now. and That can never be changed. So I think what I'm trying to say is at that point, you know, the reason why it's sickening and what makes you kind of think, oh my God, it's not that the US intentionally funded a terrorist group to attack their own country. It's just that certain events ended up leading to this situation. And not only that, there were opportunities to stop this human being from doing the terrible things that he had done. And, um, well, I don't know what we can say about that. Certain people on the planet have had to live with that. So how they do, I don't know. So as I said, this is going to be two parts. The first part is going to go up to you to listen to and kind of get your head around. And then in the next couple of days, I'm going to start with part two. And we're going to look at the questions that need to be or looked at and possibly answered. And some of it has been answered. And whether or not you believe it is another thing. And I've certainly got my own opinions on it. So I look forward to hearing uh, for you guys to join in and hearing the next part of the 911 podcast. Uh, take care and I'll speak to you very very soon.